All right, news roundup and information overload hour. Our toll-free uh, telephone number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Do you ever think we'd be living in these times that we're living in? If you really think about this, did you ever think that we'd abandon Americans behind enemy lines? I, I never thought that day was possible. We have. Did you ever think you'd see the mess at the border? Uh, no, I never thought it would ever get that bad. Now we have Mayorkas is literally out there in private conversations admitting. Now, it was bad enough yesterday. We got the news that another 85,000 illegal immigrants are on their way uh, Panama, out of Panama, uh, Haitian immigrants to the United States. And today we learned Joe Biden's open borders chief liar and propagandist, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, is predicting privately behind closed doors that 400,000 new illegals are making their way to our border. And the only problem is that's not what he's telling the American people. You know, now we've got so we've got a now we have a, a situation where we finally reach energy independence for the first time in 75 years. And look what's happening. We're begging OPEC for production. You've got one point two trillion. I've gone over the, the money again and again and again. You hear these numbers, one point two trillion, six hundred billion, three point five trillion. The real numbers. Manchin has a, 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 you know, he says, I'm only going to go up to $1.5 trillion in the reconciliation bill. Okay, well, that, that's a total price tag of $5 trillion. You look at this Build Back Better, you know, AOC's Green New Deal insanity, it's, it's not anything that we can afford. If you look at the reference in, in 2019, our entire budget was $4.4 trillion for the year. You know, where, where are we going to get an extra 10 to 12 trillion dollars? Because that's what we're talking about. You know, all right. So they're going to what? raise taxes, they build back better plant taxes on corporations and small businesses and individuals. You know, after you pay taxes your entire life, if you die, then 60, uh, 62 cents out of every dollar you still have. Well, they'll take that from you. I mean, they want another bite at the apple. And, you know, this lie that if you make under $400,000 a year, you're not going to pay one penny. You have my word as a Biden. You mean like the word you gave Americans in Afghanistan and then 13 later you betrayed them and abandoned them behind enemy's lines? Corporations don't pay taxes. They pass them on to the consumers. And that's not all this. You know, the, the second way the federal government's going to raise funds. OK, quantitative easing. What's that? Printing money. What does printing money mean? Inflation. What does that mean? Your paycheck is less valuable. And everything you buy will become more expensive. Your grocery bill, higher. The gas in your car to fill your tank costs more. The money to heat and cool your home will cost more. Raw materials, lumber, aluminum, you name it, will cost more. Housing and rent prices will soar. And then if you add to all of this what Joe has done by giving up energy independence, all right, now we're paying a buck fifty more a gallon. We see now a barrel of oil headed back to 90 bucks a gallon. We see record prices for natural gas. Why? Because Joe artificially reduced the supply. This is simple economics 101. Supply and demand di uh, crisscross and dictate the price. We've now artificially lowered the, the world's supply of energy. What's happening? Well, it's making Russia and Putin rich again. It's making the, you know, the, the, the oil-producing nations in the Middle East like Saudi Arabia rich again. It's making Iran more powerful again because now the Straits of Hormuz are back in play for the United States. When we're energy independent, it doesn't matter what happens in the Straits of Hormuz. Anyway, here to weigh in on all of this is former Speaker of the House, New, uh, New Kingrich. By the way, in a month, his new book is coming out. I've, I'm reading it now. It's called Beyond Biden. 
And this is going to be a book everybody's going to want to read. We have a link on Hannity.com if you want to get a, a first print edition. Uh, Mr. Speaker, welcome back. Well, it's great to be with you. And <clears throat> these are absolutely amazing times. I, I just saw a note that they're now projecting 400,000 illegal immigrants in one month. That'll be seven times the number who came in the same month last year. Uh, and as you know, there's now a huge Haitian uh, convoy coming north. Uh, and the attitude of the Biden administration apparently is to greet them and welcome them and you know make sure that they get free community college. And if they go to Vermont or California, they'll be allowed to vote in local elections. Uh, and, of course, what that does is it sends the signal back to Haiti. Uh, I, we did a podcast at the Gingrich uh, 360 with the Gallup uh, expert who lives in this and has covered Central America for 40 years. And he said, the system now works. You fly from Port-au-Prince to Ecuador, come up through Colombia, across the jungle in, in the Darien area, come up through Panama, and then the, the cartel will actually, for about $8,000, take you from Mexico to wherever you want to go in the U.S. Uh, and he said there's just waves of Haitians coming. The African entrance is you fly into Brazil, and then you come north from Brazil. And last month, I think something like 71% of the illegal immigrants who came across were, in fact, not from Guatemala, Honduras, or El Salvador, they were from other countries, uh, something like 120 countries now have people coming to the U.S. And, and the Biden administration position, of course, is like, like good uh, big government socialists, <clears throat> let them all come in. We'd, we'd like the maximum number of illegal immigrants that we can get. And then this is just going to become a tidal wave. You know, I, I look at this and then I look at you know, the state of the country. And I'm wondering, how is this possible? Mr. Speaker, I didn't think Americans got the opportunity to pick and choose the laws they want to obey and those they don't obey. Our well, constitutional don't. republic guys, is based... Go ahead. I was just going to say, these guys routinely break the law. Start with Hunter Biden, who's clearly a crook, uh, and then just go through the whole process. Look at the, the district attorneys who refuse to enforce the law. They swear an oath to enforce the law, and now they refuse to do it. Uh, and, of course, the whole thing they're doing with the border is illegal. They're, they're basically breaking the law as written. Uh, and, but but if, if you are a real left-winger, you have nothing but contempt for middle-class patriotic American laws. And you just think, well, of course I'm going to break it because I'm superior. I, I don't need to. That's why there, there are rumors that Biden may have avoided a half million dollars in taxes. Uh, it's, it's why... John Kerry got caught for uh, claiming to have put his yacht in a different state to save on taxes. Uh, these people routinely break the rules because they think they're an aristocracy, and I think the rest of us are stupid. You know, I look at I look at the state of the country, and I'm thinking, okay, there's this. When I asked you this question last night on TV, there's always this appeal that. Oh, thank goodness. The government is going to take away every fear I have. They're going to take care of my children. I'll have free daycare. They're going to take care of even the illegal immigrants. They get free college. That's how great a country we are. It's going to be free. A guaranteed government wage, K through 12 education, K through college education. Everything's free. Guaranteed government healthy food, guaranteed retirement, guaranteed. Now they're going to expand Obamacare. Here's my question. Based on the track record of the very people making these promises, 
Uh, aren't they the same people that promised to keep Social Security money in a lockbox and they raided it and it's now headed towards insolvency and the same with Medicare headed towards insolvency? Aren't, the, aren't these the same people that destroyed our public school system because they want union uh, teacher money in their election races so there are no standards and, and by, by every measure we pay more per capita per student with the worst results in the world? Aren't these the same people that promise to keep your doctor plan and pay less and millions lost their doctor's plans and everybody's paying about 250% more with Obamacare? Why would people, why, why is there this desire to trust people that, that fail with every previous promise? I'm having a hard time understanding the appeal here. Well, let me say, first of all, if you simply replace the word free with taxpayer-funded, you change the whole equation. And every taxpayer begins to realize none of this stuff is free. It's all going to be paid for by working Americans. Uh, second, the, the, the news media in general uh, is so radically far to the left now that uh, they refuse to cover things. Now, they try to minimize telling you the truth. They try to, you know, they, they tried to get away from Afghanistan as fast as they can because it hurts Biden so much. Um, you go down this list, and I think it's a huge problem. As you point out, I, I thought in the Virginia governor's race, there was a huge break this week when Glenn Youngkin was in favor of parents having a role in their schools. And uh, uh, Terry, McAuliffe. Uh, yeah. Terry McAuliffe came out, the former governor, and said, no, no, he does not want parents involved in the schools. And you look at the anger that's building now about left-wing propaganda and left-wing indoctrination. Uh, I thought it was a very decisive moment. But it's also true that uh, Terry has gotten almost a million dollars out of the teachers' unions, over a million dollars from Bloomberg. So he's, he is spouting the left-wing line, uh, and it's the point you made. The schools are, don't work very well anymore. <clears throat> the answer would be reform. The teachers' unions will fight every inch of the way uh, because they want to impose an indoctrinated left-wing illiterate country uh, that they could then control. Let me ask you, because you were the architect of the contract with America. Republicans had not been in control of the House in 40 years. I had a front-row seat to history. I watched, you, I watched you build this movement, beginning with Renewing American Civilization, a series of tapes to build candidates' knowledge on the issues of the day and what conservatism should be defined by. Uh, I learned a lot from you, uh, and we've been dear friends ever since, to be very blunt. You're like my older brother that yells at me a lot. Um, and uh, But no, in all seriousness, I learned a lot from you, and, and you're a well, historian. Yeah, hold on. I just want the audience to understand. I do not yell at you a lot. I may you, yell occasionally you, a you yell at me. There's been an occasional, Hannity, you're an idiot. You're ruining your career. Yeah. I remember a call or two like that. But it's been occasional. It hasn't been a lot. I don't, <laughs> That's want, them to, true. I don't want them to think. And I'm by the way, mostly, mostly well-deserved. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, I was an incorrigible child. The fact that I'm not in jail, I'm sure my parents in heaven are shocked. All right. So That's my right. question. Watching out for there's, no, there's no doubt. So you move beyond Biden. So you look at 2022. Okay. I think we have a great shot at taking back the House. Then you look at the Senate races. It's Florida. It's Georgia. It's North Carolina, South Carolina, it's New Hampshire, it's Pennsylvania, it's Wisconsin, it's Ohio, it's Nevada, it's Arizona. Now, if that's not the bellwether of all bellwether Senate races, I don't know what is. Now, I don't oh, know I what's going right. to happen. 
I've, I've been with uh, Rick Scott, the senator from Florida, who's the leader of the Senate Republican Committee. And, uh, he's very optimistic. He's very, very smart. He also adds in Washington State. He said, we have an amazing candidate in Washington State. And uh, I think basically what you're watching on Capitol Hill right now is the uh, big government socialists desperately trying to, to pass a huge bill. Uh, and people need to remember, despite Manson's language, despite Cinema's uh, language, when it mattered in August, every single Democrat voted yes for this big government socialism. And so I think they're going to have to go back home. Mark Kelly in Arizona has got to explain both why he's passive as 400,000 people cross the border in one month, which in Arizona is a huge issue, and why he's voting with the hard left uh, for higher taxes, bigger government, more control by unions. Uh, and I think he's, you know, every one of these states, I, I could imagine a sweep where we win the Senate maybe by a five or six seat margin. We win the House by somewhere between 40 and 60 seats. Uh, and uh, then we spend the next two years both on positive ideas, solutions that work, and having the kind of serious hearings we ought to be having about what's going on. You know, when, when uh, Millie, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, said that he, he absolutely did tell Biden not to take troops out of uh, Afghanistan, and Secretary Austin says the same thing, and the commander of the Central Command says the same thing, you have to ask a simple question. Is Biden lying, or does he have so much cognitive dysfunction that he literally has forgotten? And I think the latter is actually a little more frightening than if he's just lying. But no, nobody on the other day in that hearing just posed that question to these three officers. In your judgment, do you think the president forgot what you told him, or do you think the president's just lying to the country? I think that would have been a powerful question. Mr. Speaker, it's great to have you. I know the book is out November 2nd, but if people want a, a first print edition, they can go to Hannity.com. There's a link up there to Amazon uh, beyond Biden. Um, and we we need to start thinking about the future and, and cleaning right. up the mess that he's making every day. I, I, you know, Joe Biden's presidency is in a complete collapse. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, getting out of this is going to be difficult. Mr. Speaker, thank oh. you for being with us. We appreciate you, as always. Uh, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. Uh, we'll check in with Michael W. Smith and your calls. Final half hour of the program coming up straight ahead. 25 till the top of the hour. Toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, we just had the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And uh, every year, every hour on this radio program, we play a song. It's called There She Stands. It's uh, written, composed, and sung by our friend Michael W. Smith. He's been a part of our Freedom Concert Tours, been a very dear friend for many, many years. The thing that I love about Michael W., he's a Christian contemporary singer. He's been way ahead of the curve of, of, uh, of an explosion in the music industry, and that's contemporary Christian music. And, you know, if you look at places like, you know, Hillsong and the music that they have there, um, it's, it's become extraordinarily popular. He's led the way and opened the door for so many people. The movie is being released today, and it's also as a book companion to the film, uh, released today, and it's in theaters nationwide. And it's called the, the Jesus Music, of a visual story of redemption as told by those who live it. 
Now, it's bringing the history of this this phenomenon known as contemporary Christian music uh, to life. I mean, you have all these 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 anthem songs that have emerged. I, I can't even begin. You can, I can only imagine by Mercy Me and Michael W. songs and, you know, Waymaker and Reckless Love of God. And I can go on and on. These are amazing songs. And some nights I just put on YouTube on my my big screen TV and I just watch them all. And many nights I just watch Michael W, you know, put on a concert every Christmas. He often goes out with Amy Grant, puts on the best Christmas tour of, of any uh, in the movie. They have Michael W. Smith singing America, the beautiful. It's an incredible rendition. I want to play some of it for you. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies for So every 9-11, we play it, our radio version, and we do a TV version at 9. And I write Michael every year, and he's very gracious. I said, do you mind if I, I... You're supposed to get the rights to play these things, right? Some people are such pains in the neck, it's ridiculous. The thing that I know about Michael has been only a couple of people in my life, and I don't know why. And I was raised Catholic. I'm now a non-denominational Christian. My faith means more to me now at this age and point in my life than it's ever meant it's everything you know we're endowed by our not a thing the god the creator of everything and and michael's played a very instrumental role in in helping me get there and but there were two people in my life that would call me and say i just wanted you to know i was praying for you today i'd be like the first person that did it was jerry falwell senior you know and i'm like okay hi i'm just sean little old sean hannity over here the dog shows you're probably wasting your prayers i was been incorrigible my whole freaking life and i cuss a lot and uh i like to drink vodka and, and uh smoke e-cigs i'm probably not the guy i'm the one that needs the, the salvation christian guy uh and anyway but that's where his heart is and i know he does it for a lot of other people and franklin graham the same thing another amazing man um and the, this, this movement that Michael is, is really one of the great pioneers of, because he went out with Billy Graham for, for a long time. And it's now blossomed into an area where younger and younger people now are drawn to the church and brought, drawn to faith. And I, 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 know, I think there's a big, huge misunderstanding of what Christianity is all about. You know, people think, oh, you're, you're a Christian, you're supposed to live the perfect life, et cetera. And that's, that's not my understanding of Christianity. 
my understanding of Christianity is you know you're flawed, you know you fail, you know that you sin, you want to be better, and you want salvation, and you're asking for God's grace to get there. So in other words, it's the antithesis of the way the media often portrays it. Um, you know, there are corrupt people in every movement. Yeah, that's why I'm not a Catholic anymore, to be very blunt, because of what, I, what I thought was institutional corruption that was pushed under the rug, and I felt it was evil. And does it mean every priest is? No, not at all. Do I still think the Mass is a beautiful thing? I do, actually. Anyway, Michael W. is with us now. How are you, sir? Hey, Sean, how are you? Good. Congratulations Good on the release of the movie, and the book comes out Tuesday, and... Uh, that was an amazing version of America the Beautiful, and I do need to thank you publicly for allowing us to always use There She Stands every year and and rob your, your music company blind. Well, <laughs> well, thank you. I, I thought the video was incredible, but what you did with There She Stands this year was amazing. And I'm excited about the film. I mean, I think it's going to be, I think, Sean, a lot of people are going to be surprised how this whole thing started. I think, you know, probably over 90% of the people who love this genre of music um, we'll be shocked to know that it was, you know, that it was it was born and uh, and birthed out of this late '60s. Of, you know, we think things are crazy now. Things were crazy back then. It was Vietnam, civil unrest. Uh, you know, we had a, a lot of assassinations. Kennedy, Robert, and John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Right? It was it was crazy, and and then what happened? You know these hippies, you know, I guess Hendrix died, Janis Joplin, Morrison, you know, all these heroes of these hippies, you know, started dying. And then um, they found out about some hippie uh, preaching at a place called Calvary Chapel in Southern California, Costa Mesa. And the hippies started getting saved, and they all were, a lot of those hippies were doing music, and they thought, well, gosh, we don't want to change what we love. We've been radically changed. Uh, by Jesus, uh, crazy, and so they just started changing the lyrics. And literally, what we what was dubbed back then, which I think it still is, the Jesus music they call contemporary Christian music, literally just born in six months. There were twelve bands, and it all, and it, and all those records somehow made its way into my hometown of Canova, West Virginia, in 1973, and it changed my life. And you know, so you, you um, really you really I don't think you look at yourself this way. By the way, this this guy never ages. I can't believe it. He never he's guy's <laughs> grandfather and he looks like he's thirty. It's unbelievable. It's frankly annoying as your friend that, you know, I'm aging, my hair gets whiter every day. And um but anyway, as a, as a side note, but you really are one of the pioneers of this. And I know you've also been very instrumental in helping many young artists in the genre um, with their careers, giving them advice, how to handle fame. A lot of fame is not healthy. You know it and I know it. Fame is not healthy. It's not normal. And a lot of people we both know don't handle it well. Um, and, and you have handled it well and you've navigated through these troubled waters. And look at the movement that has grown into today. You played a big role in that. And I don't know if you you really understand the role you played, but you were like one of the first and Billy Graham recognized the power of your music early on. And you went on many crusades with him and the thing, and look, I'll say this, I do radio and TV, but the power of music is, is on a power a hundred times more powerful. I don't make people cry. I, I look out at when you're doing a concert and I look in the audience and you're touching people's hearts in ways that I can never touch them and you're changing their life. Well, 
Thank you, Sean. I mean, I, I, I really do believe that music is the most powerful universal language in, in the world. I mean, I say that in the movie, how a three-and-a-half-minute song can completely change somebody's life for the good. And God knows we need some, we need some, a force of, of positivity in, in the climate that we're living in now, especially here in America. It's just insane, you know. But um, I think when things kind of get rocky and, and people, there, there's fear and all that sort of thing, I think people start to go, maybe this thing really is true. Maybe, maybe I'm not here by mistake. Maybe there really is a place for me, you know, and no pun intended, people trying to find their place in this world. And you know what? They're trying to fill this hole that I think it can only be filled with one thing, and that's Jesus, you know, and um, and this music. By the way, Place in This World was one of Michael's breakthrough crossover, one big crossover hit that that made it into, you know, onto contemporary music stations. Um, You know, I'm really dying to see this movie, and it's put out by Lionsgate, and I like Lionsgate a lot. And and I had one little foray into this world. It's hard, and and I'm proud of what, what the product that what, that came out. Let there be light. Uh, I think you saw it. I don't think it's gotten out even completely. I think the growth potential is much larger than maybe even both of us imagined today. Because as things go bad, people people start looking inward for answers, don't they? They do absolutely. And that's well, it's pretty, it's pretty movie, bad, probably. Michael. It's not the best of times, I'll tell you that. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's pretty ugly, you know. But I, but I think in the midst of all that, I mean, this is not the first time that we've been in trouble. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, we're obviously in 21, and it's a whole different deal. And what's happening in D.C., it's, it's insane. I'm, I'm with you on that. But, uh, I mean, we've been through hardships through centuries and thousands of years, you know. So the good news is I know how the book ends. I know how the story ends. That's the good news. Uh, but my hope for the movie is that people are going to go go see this documentary. And it's powerful. I mean, really powerful. And they're they're going to go, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And you're going to have a whole new uh, generation of people. I, I'm hoping tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who will discover this music, and it will be life giving and life changing for them. How do you find out what movie theaters this is now in? Because it's in movie theaters tonight. Yeah, well, I think it opened up in 200, I think it was a little over 250, and I think it'll increase probably next week to 500. You just have to, you know, just have to Google your city. You know, I'm sure it's all in the major cities, and I'm getting calls left and right going, gosh, where can I see this movie? It will go to Hulu and streaming here in December, uh, but, you know, this week and the next month here is the is the big moment for people to get out in theaters to see it. And I know people now are going out more than ever, and they're glad to, and Tell us how the newsboys' role in all this. Yeah, they, they, they were a big part in this movie. Um, you know, Toby Mac, Amy Grant, Kirk Franklin. That's some really, really, really great moments. But, um, yeah, Michael Tate, he's a great friend, and he, they all did a great job. I think what makes the – also, Sean, about the movie, what makes this so appealing is that this is just not the – all the good and all this is the really great stuff that happens with Christian music. These these artists get vulnerable. So JesusMusic.movie, if you want to look at one of the official websites in theaters now everywhere, and it's going to be all over the country by next week. Um, you know, it's it's an amazing. Did you ever think you'd be at this this long and that it would ex- experience this exponential growth? We only have about a minute left. Well. You know what? Not really, Sean. I mean, I, gosh, I just take it a day at a time. I mean, I, you know, I cut that first record back in 82 and 
was grateful I got to do one record and thought, man, this is my dream came true. And here I am 36 records later. I just, I'm sort of pinch myself every day and I'm a grateful man. Uh, I've survived success, which is probably one of my greatest achievements. Thank, thank God for a great wife and a great prayer group and great friends, you know, walking this thing out. And, um, as you said earlier, I think that it, I think that's probably one of my my roles in the future is just to father people to, to try to help guide them through this crazy thing called celebrity and trying to walk through the whole fame thing and be able to just keep your head on straight and and, uh, and just finish well. Well, I uh, urge everybody. It starts this weekend tonight, actually, uh, and it's called the Jesus Music. It's about the contemporary Christian music uh, explosion in the country. A documentary film. And a, a visual story of redemption told by people like Michael and others that have lived it. Um, it's kind of like I can only imagine was a great movie. I just don't know why they put a faked up Michael W. Smith in there when they could have gotten the real Michael W. Smith. That's, <laughs> that's my only complaint about the movie. Uh, but anyway, it shows the power of music to change people's lives, something you've been doing your entire career. And, and to be able to call you a friend is, is an honor. Well, feeling is mutual, Sean. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. 800-941-SEAN is on number if you want to be a part of the program. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News. Please set your DVR. The battle over the budget, Democrats in disarray, civil war in the open. We'll have full coverage. Larry Kudlow, Jason Chaffetz, and Ryan's Previs. Uh, the disaster at the border. Now we're expecting 400,000 more people in October alone, according to Mayorkas himself. Illegal immigrants that they're just going to open the door to. Anyway, Dana Lash, Pete uh, Hegseth, Sarah Carter at the border, Leo Terrell and Clay Travis. It's all coming up tonight. Nine Eastern, say DVR, Fox News, Hannity. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. We never forget you make the show possible.